1: possibly bleak as this
0: hello listeners welcome to the latest installment of chessy hour i am the host this evening uh timson i'm here with joe man like how we doing what are you saying man i hope you're blessed always blessed bro always blessed um Shame Chelsea aren't blessed when it comes to getting these results against teams in poor form. Um, So we've got a bit. So so we've got a. a, So we've got a lot of information to get through. We're going to be talking about obviously the Leicester match review. Um, We're going to be breaking down um, the attack. Why are we not inevitable when it comes to scoring and creating chances? We're going to also talk closing the gap and what needs to change um, to reach the levels of City and Liverpool next season. Um, so without any further ado, let's just get into it. <laughs> Match review, um, 1-1 draw against Leicester after going a goal behind, uh, a good James Madison goal canceled out by excellent, an excellent Rhys James ball to Marcus Alonso. Uh, the result is typical Chelsea, in my opinion, um, Chelsea, you need, you need your poor runner form, not, not doing it. You're looking like you're in a slump, come see Chelsea, whether it's Wolves, whether it's Leicester, whether it's Arsenal, typical Chelsea. What's your take on the on the result overall, Joe?
1: To be honest, that's what I expected. Well, I'm, well if I'm being very honest. I thought we'd manage to just scrape a W, but yeah, to be honest, it just feels like the players in their heads the season's over. They're just trying to get to the end of the season. I don't even think they really care too much about the games. After losing the FA Cup, being knocked out of the Champions League, it's kind of just like killed our season, like just the climax of it. Even with everything going on with the sanctions, it's just kind of like, yeah, we just haven't really been playing well. And today is just another example. We just were very sluggish on the ball. We had moments, but then when it came to being in front of the goal, we were just not finishing our opportunities. And it's like, we had enough to win the game and we just walked away with a draw. And I just feel like for the standard we want to uphold, it wasn't good enough. But at the same time, it is that time of the season where like are tired players and mentally in different places. So it's like, it is what it is.
0: Yeah. um... I'm inclined to agree with that. Chelsea just, yeah, a lot of motivation. It was like that period that we had after the Real Madrid loss where the energy and just spirit was sucked out of us for a period of time. And obviously we could g ourselves up for it um, further along the lines with competitions to play for, like the FA Cup final. But now we literally have consolidate in third place, which is pretty much all but done now. I'm not sure where we go from here. I think everyone's just looking forward to the holidays at this point in time, fans and players and staff alike. Now, moving on. <clears throat> yeah. Now, um, in terms of, I've got a few highlights. Um, first and foremost, I want to start on a high. Reece James does it again. Um, another excellent ball. Mm. Uh saw a stat that said he's behind, he's only one um, goal contribution behind Trent, who's obviously played the vast majority of the season whilst Reese has been out. Um, he's looking more and more like our key players, especially when guys like Mason Mount aren't, about, aren't around. Kind of trying to control the game as much as possible from uh, right wing back to the point where ultimately Tuchel made the change and put him central to try and get him on the ball and more involved. Um, why? How important is this guy to us right now, uh, Joe?
1: He is like vital. Like without Reese James in that team, it's like. I feel like our potential we can only reach like 50% is capped at 50% whatever we can do on the pitch because it's like he is so focal in everything we do. And our build up and our defending and our attacking is just like, we don't have that many players with that high level technical ability, who have the IQ to be able to read the game and to be able to create something out of nothing. And it's like you just seen it today with his combination play, with his passing, with his crossing, with his eye for the pass, for the cross to pick people out. It's like for his young age, we don't have that many players on the team that are pulling their weight like that. And he's so important. And for me, the most important part is like, I don't even think he's fully even reached his full potential yet. Like there's so much more that I feel like he's holding back when it comes to his ability on the ball. And I feel like in the years to come, we're gonna really see a crazy, just crazy player in Reese. Like, I just, I just can't believe he came for our academy. Honestly. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I remember thinking
0: Callum Hudson-Addo was gonna be the closest thing Chelsea have to um, a world class or just genuine superstar. And Rhys James was someone who beat him out to um, Academy Player of the Year that season. And now Rhys has just gone on, grown leaps and bounds. Um, And yeah, I don't think this is his final form at all. I think there's so much development and so much growth from um, a physical, technical and experience perspective that it's actually scary to think about Rhys James at 26, 27 years. Years old at the peak of his physical abilities and years upon years of playing at the top level by that by that point in time. So I'm just thinking, wow, let's get him tied down. But um one thing I love about him, or on top of being an academy boy, is Chelsea is the pinnacle for him. Um, Real Madrid, Barcelona, guys like Reese and Mason won't be swayed by the appeal as easily as um other kind of um foreign exports might 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 be because there's just an allure but growing up um wanting to play for Chelsea uh, throughout the age groups it's just the level of security that um, I don't flinch when I hear interest from Real Madrid and um Reese James because I just think nah Reese isn't gonna go Reece isn't going to go to Real Madrid. He's a
1: Chelsea boy and he wants to be captain of this club and that's one of his ambitions. Yeah, he's going nowhere, man. Like, that's a future captain right there, man. Like, and you can even see it from the way he just stepped up this season. It's like, he's like one of our leaders on the pitch and it's like, for him to be already doing that at such a young age with the ability he has, it's like, the sky's the limit. And it's like, I don't see him going nowhere. I see him wanting to take chelsea to the heights that players like drogba lampard terry took it to do you get what i mean like i feel like he wants to write his name in chelsea history so i don't see him going nowhere man.
0: most definitely as long as chelsea show loyalty to him i believe he will show it right back um <clears throat> as long as we remain competitive as well. Um, I feel like they will always want to play for the play for the badge, play for the club, play for the fans. So I'm um, like Reese, let's just get that contract situation down and let's talk about the countdown to when he becomes captain of Chelsea Football Club, I think. Come on, come on. Come on. Moving on to Christian Pulisic. Um, I've got this section um kind of titled, What is the hype about? Um, I will probably raise my hand up and say, I've been one of Christian's um, more um, staunch critics. Uh, I felt like he had, a, he's got a whole country back in him. If you watch some of the punditry that comes from the States, they make it seem like he is Ronaldinho reborn in, with, with a American passport and Tuchel just doesn't want him to shine for whatever reason. Um, Today, I thought he didn't do enough on the ball Um, and obviously we can talk about the absolute sitter that he's missed um, and just generally his lack of contribution overall today. What did you think about Christian Pulisic's performance? Am I being too harsh on him today?
1: well to be honest man like let's just call a spade a spade he came on the pitch today he was very non-existent in build up he was really just running around the pitch when he got on the ball he was losing it or he was just not really doing anything progressive with the ball and it's like you're complaining that you might want to leave if you're not playing as a starter But when you are getting these minutes, what are you giving us like the excuses they say is like oh he may not do nothing for like 18 minutes but he'll pop up with a goal or assist but it's like when he doesn't do that. What are you giving us and it's like you're not really giving us much and it's like how often is he going to pop up with a goal and assist like he doesn't have a history of being a prolific striker goal scorer that's not his mo he tries to get himself into these attacking positions to get these goals. But like we saw today, it's like his finishing is so inconsistent. And it's like, he's been here for three, is it like two, three seasons now? It's like, enough is enough. Like we've seen enough from him and it's like, I don't see him progressing any higher under us anytime soon. And it's like we really need to ask ourselves: is this the quality of players we want if we want to close the gap? Because his technical ability is up to, to read the game, is very, very low. His creativity is very, very low. His passing is very mid. And it's like, yes, he's good at stretching the defense, he's good at making runs in behind, but it's like, If you're doing this, making all these runs, but you're not putting the ball in the back of the net, what's the point? You're just taking up a space on the pitch. I would
0: completely agree. Um, In terms of the Chelsea dynamic of wide players, I think you have space for one ball dominant player, uh, dribbler type, and I think that's more Pulisic, in terms of at his absolute peak and i'm talking about project restart him dribbling and being an absolute problem attracting three four players and finding the right pass at the right time on top of his innate ability to put himself in goal scoring positions that i don't think other wide players like timo Werner, who is pretty much a striker like callum hunson adoy like ziek they've not been able to get to find themselves consistently in those goal scoring positions he's found himself in that in that position in those positions um and it's got him um some crucial goals at times but I don't know what it is this season specifically but it seems to have left him on occasions like obviously the FA cup final was um he had a couple of chances after his movement put him in the right positions and his and tonight he was in the perfect position to take the shot but I think his approach and striking technique let him down completely which is definitely an issue because I think if you're not in, if if your movement's not getting you into those positions is one thing, but if you're getting into those positions and you're not scoring, um, it's a sec, It's probably going to be um, more easily easily magnified and highlighted because you've done the hard part in terms of getting yourself in that position. But he's not putting the ball in the back of the net, and that is a very very simple chance. Me at my Sunday league level would comfortably eat that up and score. Um, I'm just kind of I'm just not sure what to think of Christian Pulisic anymore. I don't think he's uh going to grow much further in this current Chelsea system and in this current Chelsea team. And I just think maybe freshening up is would work for both parties. Um, maybe let's say all three parties if I'm gonna include his 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 dad and his Twitter fingers. Um, what do you think, Joe? Yeah?
1: Listen, man what i will say about when you said you're not really sure what it is with him this season is like i think it's pretty clear when he first came he was showing little moments here and there super cup couple games at the start of the season but it was very lackluster then project we start happened but it was like even then you could see that one thing that was consistent even when he was playing well was that For the majority of the game, he wasn't offering much. And it's like it's just gotten to a point now where the circumstances aren't as favorable for him on the pitch. So it's like now you gotta show us what you're really made of. And it's like he's not made of much. Do you get what I mean? His creativity is very limited. And it's like he relies on other people to put him in positions for him to put in the back of the net. But it's like, he's not that guy when it comes to goals. So it's like, it's very just hit and miss. So really and truly like in the summer, hopefully we can come to like amicable decision. We can part ways, he can go somewhere, maybe develop to become more of an inside forward striker kind of winger. And we can like get a player that's actually really worth it like a Dembele or Lise, do you get what I mean? Because like, I've had enough like we got rid of willian just to get him and it's like i feel like we've wasted so many seasons now with him trying to see what this potential he was showing in Dortmund, even though he got benched by sancho do you get what i mean so it's like i feel like why the point now is like if we really want to close that gap players like him we really gotta ask ourselves are they really worth investing in long-term, yeah. I feel like that's
0: an excellent segue into the attack. And I've kind of captioned this with um, a bit of an Avengers, Thanos kind of um, theme in mind. Why aren't we inevitable? With City and Liverpool, when teams kind of sit back on their 18-yard box and try and soak up all the pressure, There feels like there's an inevitability with um, chances or a goal coming? Um, Maybe is it because they have better chance creators? Is it because they have better individuals capable of um, more frequent moments of magic? Or is it when they do get chances, um, is it the fact that they've got top tier finishers that apply kind of indirect pressure to defenders that kind of... um, that? Adds a level of fatigue mentally to them because you're thinking, especially for City next season, if I miss, if I mess up and get my chance, Erling Haaland isn't going to miss. Liverpool have got Salah, Mane, and now Luis Diaz on top of um, Jota and Firmino. Like, what is the issue with Chelsea? Because um, I harken back to I harken back to when we lost to Everton. Um, in the last um last time around and as soon as richarlison scored i said this has got one nil all over it because they'll sit deep and chelsea just this is like peak frustration of chelsea um when we lose games what's your take on our attack jo?
1: to be honest everything that we've seen this season it hasn't really been a surprise to me like if you've spoken to me at any point of the season like i've been very straight to the point that like a lot of the players we haven't attacked like they're just not good enough like for me when i look at the attack we got like i think dan said it best like we need to have our creative players that we need to have our brute force attackers our goal getters our players that are going to push the issue do you get what i mean they're going to try and get that goal and it's like when i look at the players we have in our attack is like when we look at the creatives we got Callum, we got mounts then we got zh and it's like zh has had injuries and he's had a lot of time a lot of issues with conditioning and adjusting to english football and it's like he's been very hit and miss mount is, he's a midfielder playing an attack and it's like he's not a creator but he is a creative player so it's like For you to rely on him for. Creativity and for him to always be on point is very hard because that's just not his game with Callum, is like he's had a lot of hard times getting into the team consistently, but when he is playing consistently, we can see that yeah he's a player that can bring. A high level of attacking creative football to break down teams, then we look at our. Go getters, our brute force attackers. We got Pulisic, we got Werner, we got Lukaku, we got Kai Havertz, and it's like with Werner, like after the season he gave us last season, like we should have just shipped him off because it's like it's very clear, like he just doesn't suit English football. Like he needs to be able to play up against high lines. He needs to be able to be able to get be- in behind, have space, and it's like he's not gonna get much of that with Lukaku was like I feel like that's the biggest mistake we made of the season was like bringing him in because it's like we got Kai to a level where it was like okay cool we've got son that we're working with here like he's linking up with a lot of the other players with the wing backs with the midfielders and he's showing that he can play at this false nine that we bring in Lukaku who has a who has had a history of struggling struggling in England as a striker and it's like we got him in and it's like now he has to go through a whole process of like gelling with our other players and them learning how he likes to play and him understanding how they like to play and understanding each other's positioning and how to link up and it's like it hasn't gone well Tuchel has not made it easy and Lukaku himself has not made it easy so it's like when I look at our attack, it's like I'm not shocked by anything I see because, like one, there's not enough cohesion. Not everybody is secure enough in their roles, nor are other, nor are everybody in the right roles as well when it comes to putting together attack. When you look at Liverpool, you got um, Jota, you got Firmino, you got Diaz, the more creative kind of players. You got Jota, who can also like nick a couple goals there, here and there too. Like, he's pretty good in front of the goal. You got Mana, you got Salah. They're like the goal getters, they're the brute force attackers. Like, when they get on the pitch, they know their roles, they know what they're there to do, and they know how to complement each other. But when you look at our attack, you see it's very dysfunctional. Like, a lot of players are fighting for themselves to be able to be a start or to be able to get run a running game. So it's like, I just feel like with our attack, there just needs to be a big, big rejig in the summer, like we really need to cut it down and really ask ourselves, what do we need to get to that level that Man City and Liverpool have, because they all have technicians, players that are smart, that understand football, that have a good IQ and know how to break down teams, they know how to like when when like the going gets tough, they so you know how to pull son out of the hatch. You get what I mean? And it's like with our attackers, a lot of them are developing and some of them just do not fit for the kind of football that we want to play. So at this point now, it's like we really need to change it up because it's like if we don't, just forget about getting goals, forget about golden boots forget about top scorers, top assistors, forget about closing the gap to Man City and Liverpool like it's not gonna happen like we've been doing this for how many seasons now like nothing has changed like we went to buy the big striker in Lukaku and guess what we're still struggling to get goals so at this point now it's time for a big change because like our attack is just not good enough.
0: Well said very passionate as well I'm inclined to agree with the vast majority of everything you've said we've with the last point that you made we spent 100 million on the on the big striker thinking lukaku was the missing piece to closing the gap on city and liverpool we spent 100 million on a player and i've come out and said the, on the last pod that was the cheap option that was the cheap option so we've you take out lukaku and or even add Lukaku to to um, the existing attack, with Lukaku we're trying to say that Timo Werner, Christian Pulisic, Kai Havertz and um, Callum Callum Hudson-Odoi and whoever else is on the same level or would be on the same level um, in terms of fear factor and just overall output and performance as Salah, Mane. Um, Liverpool's attack, City's attack—it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, in what I needed was for Chelsea to accept that the players that they brought in, i.e., a Ziek, a Timo Werner, and I feel like to some extent they accepted that Timo Werner hasn't worked out because Timo Werner was initially brought in to be the guy who was going to bang the goals. He was—he was, he was going to be the goal scorer, the Golden Boot getter. Um, to some extent the fact that we brought in ukaku suggests that there was an acknowledgement and agreement within the scouting department and management that he's not the guy that we need so we need to get someone else i feel i i just wonder why there wasn't kind of an acknowledgement that Ziek, um and um, Kai Havertz not not so much because he's, I want to put him to one side because he's very much um, a long term project trying to figure out what he is and how to extract the best of him and um, how that how he works in the best possible Chelsea team. Um, but looking at your ZX, looking at your um, Timo Werner's and Christian Pulisic's and just going look. This hasn't worked as well as we thought. We might need to look at a new combination to have a more potent attack to close the gap on the city in Liverpool. But we haven't. We've just decided, 197 million on a new sh- on Romelu Lukaku should patch over the should patch over the questionable cracks we have in the rest of our attack. And you look at where Lukaku has done his. Most damage in England, West Bromwich Albion, Everton. Um, those were teams that were very were more counter attacking most weeks. Um, there was a lot more space to run in behind. Or obviously, that's the same kind of issues that Timo Werner is now facing coming from Germany. Timo's even traumatized me to the point where I never want to sign another German uh, Bundesliga based attacker again. Um, Lukaku obviously finding a lot of joy in those counter-attacking sides that I just mentioned. Um, it, his struggles kind of started when it came when he was playing in a team that is expected to dominate the ball most weeks in Manchester United. He now found a lot of joy in Italy, where the style of play is different. Um, coming back, um, having more matured, and um, him probably thinking like I've matured now, I've grown. I'm not. Uh, I'm ready to take on the challenges of the Premier League that I struggled with. Um, Especially coming from a highly emphasized tactical uh, league like Serie A, he's not adapted and that's in part part down to him and obviously his um, lack of willingness to get his head down and kind of say, okay, um, it's not quite the same as what I've experienced in uh, in Italy, what can I, what do I need to do to make sure I'm trying to adapt as quickly and as um, easily as possible? And obviously, teammates and the right and the combination of the system not being a, a perfect fit for him, um, him not really being a target man. I would say to use FM terms. Uh, people say poacher. I would probably slightly lean towards probably advanced forward. Um, if you don't know, kind of give those a Google to the listeners but um he's more of an advanced forward if you ask me that can hold up the ball um maybe even a complete forward if you if you may um but being a target man is just not is not his ideal game and you saw that today with the way the ball was bouncing off him I've just got um uh, and then obviously the interview just kind of threw everything into disarray um especially after off the back of a promising result against Villa. So I'm just kind of looking at the attack and thinking, This just needs to be kind of initially blown up and just started again um, in an ideal world. But with the management situation and the uncertainty around transfer spending and funds, I'm not sure if that's even feasible at the moment. But um, we'll move on to the final part and we're talking about closing the gap. So, in your opinion, Joe, what needs to change um, initially to uh, close the gap on City and Liverpool? because 19 points is
1: ridiculous. (laughs) Oh gosh, like honestly, the first thing we need to do is like, when everything gets sorted out with the ownership and we get the funds to be able to buy players and negotiate and everything like that, we need to get rid of the quote-unquote deadwood or the players that we feel do not meet the standard And like, that is the Alonzo's, that is the Pulisic, the Werner's, the Ziyech, like Lukaku needs to go as well, like, honestly, like, I just don't see the point of us trying to make it work another season after what we've seen with Werner, like, we should really just, like, look at this as a fresh start with Roman going at the end of the Roman era and his demands and how things were run under him, like, now we need to get rid of the players that are just about cutting it. And we need to bring players that are ready to take it to the next level, like the Kundes, the Fafanas, the Tuchemenes, the um, Dembele's or what I mean, these are the kind of players we need to really be looking at now to bring into attack. We also need to maybe look at bringing back like, Players like a Gallagher, a Brozia, because like not only do we need like our first level to be of high quality, we also need the players coming off the bench to be of a good standard too. And it's like we need players that when they come in, they're able to add to the team, they're able to bring things that other players don't bring. And it's like, We need to also be smart about how we're going to get all these players and it's like we don't need to just go and spend recklessly like let's also look at what we have in house that can fit the bill, bring them in, and then the rest we need to then analyze what's out there in the market and who we feel like. Can take us to that level, especially in that attack, we need another creative player in the mode of like a. Hudson Adoy, like an Elise, like a Dembele, like the athletic, creative touchline winger that likes to create chances. We need that because Callum amount on their own is like we're asking a lot of them. And it's like Callum is the only touchline winger we have on the team. It's like we need a bit more variety. And on that left side, like we, I mean, on that right side, we really need something like different, like. ZH came and we expected him to be that he hasn't been that it's time for us to now bring in players that can take us to that ne- another level that we need more creative technical players like. Our build up play can sometimes be very hard to watch because it's like some of these guys just don't have it in them to really break down these low blocks and then we also need someone to help with the goal burden that we can't just rely on Kai first of all, we did. Kind of get him to a good level that we brought in Lukaku, and we kind of started to try and move Kai around to try and work around Lukaku, and that just hasn't worked. So we need a player that kind of complements Kai as well, a player that can kind of play wide but also play up front as well. Do you get what I mean? So it's like we really need to look at these key places in the team in the squad and really address it and attack it aggressively because it's like we don't have time to waste. Like Players like Salah and Bande, they're coming to like the more later stages of their career, and Liverpool are not wasting time. Man City, we see how they move. Like, they already have like Halan, Alvarez, they like, they know what they're doing. So it's like, if we really want to close the gap, we really need to attack these things aggressively, but not just aggressively. We need to be efficient, we need to be smart, and we need to make sure that we get the right profiles that link well with the other players on the team. No, nah, I'm inclined
0: to agree. We cannot um just wait. I was under impression like maybe last year or the year before um, that Chelsea would have a spell of dominance by default after Klopp left Liverpool and they fell off and Guardiola left City and City also had like a downward period as they kind of found their feet post life after those good managers. But <clears throat> You look at Liverpool succession planning, uh, they've already got in um they've already got in Jota for the here and the future. They've already got in Carvalho coming in, they've got Harvey Elliott, they've got um they've, they've got players that they've um they've already made plans to replace Salah Mane um and obviously Firmino has kind of been phased out they've got Diaz in as well so um Klopp's obviously staying for another four years so um they're not going to be that they are not going to be dropping off anytime soon um at the moment similar with city um whether or not Guardiola goes you look at their attack they've brought in Haaland Al- Alvarez um jack Grealish is what 25 he's still going to be about in three or four years time raheem sterling will only be entering his, his um his uh late 20s early 30s uh then you've still got phil Foden, not to mention the guys that um i follow in the academy the likes of keiki the likes of Yankuto, all these kind of promising youngsters with the potential to go through and it's only chelsea where we're still trying to figure out the style of play and how to get the best out of the current crop of players, let alone a succession plan. Um, Fortunately, youth is on our side um, for the majority. Obviously, we do have a couple of players like Thiago Silva, Kante, Jorginho, um, who are looking towards the end of the road. But for the most part, um, we've got youth on our side. We've got promising players coming through, Your likes of Leo Castledyne, uh, Charlie Webstar, um, Ian Martson is uh, potentially linked to uh, Borussia Dortmund. And obviously, we, all know, we already know about that, that eye for talent. So that's someone that's already on our books to kind of have high hopes on Conor Gallagher as well um so it is promising from a um youth and young player young blood perspective but i definitely think there needs to be an absolute shake-up and i would say it initially i would love to say it starts with um the formation i feel like now is the perfect time to make that switch um obviously tiago Silva benefits from this um back three system but for longer term, I feel like giving the attacking burden to attacking players instead of our wing backs like Rhys James and Ben Chilwell, and matching up teams free for free in midfield would allow us to A, have a traditional holding midfielder that allows two players to one at least to midf- two other midfielders to bomb on and take away some of the responsibility in attack that um, obviously our attack is quite currently burdened current are currently burdened with um, that could be a mason Mount that could be um, a ruben Loftus cheek or anyone else that we bring in um, as well as Conor Gallagher whoever else is currently in the system. And I think for those teams that um, do kind of those relegations teams that sit um, on the edge of their box, it makes sense to be able to not be outnumbered in midfield by these teams and be able to actually meet, match them man for man and apply pressure and overload players and have dedicated guys in midfield um, in those situations where we're dominating the lion share of possession to come in and um, think about only focus on creating or scoring chances and the creative burden and the wide, um, the width of the team being provided by the attackers. Guy hudson Doy, Christian Pulisic, who actually prefer playing wide left, Ziek, I've got reservations about him in this system, even if it's in a 4-3-3, um, because he doesn't do what I like my wingers to do in terms of running in behind and being a threat, um, 1v1 dribbling but he would feel definitely more comfortable and I think the quality of chances would increase as well as the frequency of our chances so in terms of um, closing the gap I definitely think a change in formation would be beneficial Um, and obviously that goes hand in hand with with a change in play style
1: what do you think Joe? Yeah to be honest like for me It's been, I've had a journey with this um, free at the back um, formation with Tukul. At first, I found it a bit like at the beginning, it was nice. It was a bit something different with the free at the back attacking play with the movement of the wing backs and the twin 10s and the double sixes. Like, even when he got to the point where he was playing with twin strikers, it was like very interesting but then it got to a point where it became stale and like it just felt like we needed a change and then we lost our wing backs and then he decided okay now let's play with four at the back and it was like you can see that when we're playing with four at the back we look like we have more ideas when it comes to breaking teams down like players like mason mount reese james Zh Hudson Odoi, like Kovetic, even Akante, even Jorginho, Ruben. Their players, they like combinations. They like, they like to um, take their time. They like to be methodical with it. They like to be meticulous. They like to overload wide areas. They like to. Like do third man runs, like all these kind of different things. And I feel like when we play with the 4-3-3, free free, it's more freedom because I feel like as much as yes, there has been a change this season with the wing backs and the 10s being able to interchange positions on the pitch. But for the most part, and you see it in Tuchel's interviews, like he allows freedom. He allows you to do what you want, but you got to do it in the confinements that he's put out. That he set in place for how he wants us to implement this play style in this shape. And I feel like if we do move to a four at the back in certain games where we need to be more creative and we need to really bring something different, I'm all for that because, like, we've seen it when we have to chase a game, that's when Tuku will take off a defender, add another midfielder or attacker. And then we're gonna go try win the game and it's like when we're fully strong and you've got all the players that you like i feel like it's now time for you to be able to be more flexible in your formations and be able to be like not as reactive to other teams and how they play and us be more on the front foot do you get what i mean like let us take it to them let us bring the different ideas let's not be so predictable even though we can still go forward with this free at the back formation i feel like if we want to be at that top level we need to be able to switch it up when it needs to be like we can't just keep going with the free at the back like obviously it can still be a very attacking formation but i just feel like we just don't need that many center backs on the pitch honestly like our players are good enough like rich james like of tiago um, Trevor, um, Chilwell, Obviously, like if we're gonna get the targets that we're looking at, like a Kunde, I feel like or even maybe a Fafana, a cheeky bid to Leicester. Like, I feel like those players would be comfortable uh, for uh, for the back formation. Do you get what I mean? So it's like, I feel like if we can find a balance between the two shapes and making sure like it's based on the game and how we want to approach the game. I feel like that can have a really, really good like influence on in us like going forward. Like, because we want to be challenging on all fronts, not just in the Premier League as well as in the Champions League. And like we're going to come up against so many different systems and so many different kind of teams and the way they play. It's going to be very important to be able to start to see a change and see more. Forward the back formations and like just more varieties even if it's like one player slips into and wing back then slips into attack like we've seen that when he was doing that with um and zh and even ruben at times so it's like let's implement these things and be more like on the front foot and more attacking and creative so yeah i fully agree with you man like i hope like Tuka goes in that direction yeah I feel like it's now or
0: never if we're going to make that if we're going to make that change because a lot of these defenders like Christiansen like a Rudiger who seem to only be able to give their best um in a back in a back free system and now moving on. Um guys like Jorginho, who obviously benefits from having um the additional safety of three defenders behind him. Um there's talks of him moving on. I just feel like um there's not enough create creative output from the midfield because it's always three against two. Um working against us for most systems and that added security in exchange for that midfield mismatch means that um it means most 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 weeks that um we don't need three center backs um and even in even though essentially on paper we don't need three center backs we still we still been leaking goals. we have still being conceding and that's with Mendy who's a very good goalkeeper in goal as well so yeah I'm definitely willing to, I'm definitely wanting to also downgrade the responsibility of uh, an attacking burden from the wing backs to the actual attackers where I think it belongs um I want re- I don't want Reese James to have to carry the attack as well as making sure he's solid defensively. I want him to be a secondary or an additional threat that um, opposition teams have to worry about. If Trent's not having a good day, um, Liverpool can still batter teams because the attack does what it's meant to do and they create chances and score um, at will. Um, when Trent's on it just adds an inf- and um, enhances the attack but it's not kind of like the be-all and end-all but right now we're the opposite we're looking like if Reese is not on it we are in trouble because um, Kai Havertz hasn't shown himself to be a prolific goal scorer Lukaku at Chelsea hasn't shown himself to be a prolific goal scorer um, of the wide men have shown themselves to be pro- prolific goal scorers we have players like Callum um, like Mason, who have underlying um, who have underlying metrics that suggest that they can um, give you more offensive output from a creation perspective than they have been um, with more time in in, in certain positions. but um, as far as goal scoring, um, yeah, we're looking like we're, we're, we're looking like we're short of ideas whenever um, a team sits on their 18yard box in Thanks. terms of um transfers in terms of transfers um where we've got Jules Kunde links um that looks like obviously that's been raging on from last summer that looks like it will happen at this point in time um what is he like 5 10 5 11 i'm not quite sure how we um how I can get excited about that i know in the group chat um there's been more excitement about uh, the likes of Wesley Fofana, per, um, and personally, I would definitely explore the possibility of um, maybe not signing William Saliba, but just seeing where he's at because he's just one—he's just one league player of the season. And I feel like the irony of the one player that Arsenal side sell to us um, that's not washed like we do to them turns out to be an absolute monster in the Premiership uh, when given an opportunity. Um, with
1: Fafana and Kunde, what's your thoughts on Kunde first and foremost, Joe? To be honest with Kunde, like I've not really seen much. Like everybody makes him out to be, like one of the best defenders in the world. So like, hopefully when he comes to Chelsea, that's why he shows in. And I haven't really seen too much, but with Fafana, listen, I'm ready to pay whatever Leicester want. Like this guy is just amazing. Like I just like he just I don't even know like I don't really have words for him like sometimes I just feel like he's so ahead of his age as a young centre back and it's like you don't have that many examples of centre backs that defend at such a high level and he's such a good ball carrier he's such a good pass of the ball like he's such a good reader of the game he's very athletic he's good in the air he's commanding like. I feel like that's the kind of character we need at Chelsea obviously everyone tells me Kunde is a good player and I obviously. Like from what I've seen in little bits and like he looks like he's got a bit about him in it so like yeah I can see why people might really like him, but for me like if I was to pick a centre back to bring in. I would bring in Fofana but obviously like we are losing like Aspie, Christensen and Rudiger so like. I think bringing them two in and maybe looking at Cole will like maybe that might be an interesting Frio but then maybe you're thinking like Thiago is going to be going maybe in two seasons, a season and a half time and it's like we need leaders in that defence in that back line so you might think that is maybe a bit too young of a back line but you never know like I feel like all the players that we have at the moment have like good, strong character, the Reese James, the Chalabas, like, I feel like they have this level of just, they want to achieve the best, they strive for the best. And it's like, it comes out in their performances. That's why they can play beside the Tiago or Aspie or Rudiger or Christensen, because like, they have that mentality. So we can still make it work, but then I think Kulabali is also an option there too. So that could be maybe an experienced head that we could bring in. Maybe um, send Cole with a loan, maybe sell him, buy it back, and then see what happens when we move on um, Tiago. But I don't really know, but for me, Fafan is really the one that's caught my eye.
0: I hear it. I hear it like um listeners let us know what you think about Wesley Fofana Um my only kind of reservation is I know Joe said he's ready. he's willing to pay whatever. Um they would probably want at least double what they paid for. So I think that's like they paid 35. So you're looking at um you're looking at 70 million uh for openers, um which I don't think is too bad, but um if we could get him for a bargain I feel like um you sign the players for a reasonable amount it takes the pressure off it takes additional pressure that they might not even realize is there on them like um, i always harken back to harry Maguire, 80 odd million um for a center back um is a lot of money and i feel like because of the price tag his performances are magnified so if we could get um if we could get Fofana for a reasonable fee uh, nothing that we haven't paid over the odds, like eighty million is something that you pay for um, Virgil Van Dijk essentially. Um, and if we, as long as we don't sign a sign Fafana for that much, um, I'd be happy to have him. Um, then I think the next player that we've been strongly linked to in the last couple of days has been Usman Dembele. Personally, I love Dembele. I feel like as far as the right wing options available in the market, he is um, top tier. He's the best you could possibly hope to get. Um, I think he's leading La Liga in terms of assists. He's he's so fast, he can run in behind, he can dribble players in one-on-one situations. He can create, he can score, he's both footed. And um, he's got such a high upside, as well as the intangibles like the um, experience having worked under Thomas Tuchel. My only reservation would be if we're going to sign this guy, are we going to sign him to play in this same system that we're playing now? Because I don't think he would enjoy. Um, the subtle, I feel like he would. He he would be someone who would um, notice the subtle differences of playing in a narrow three compared to what he's playing out wide in um, at Barcelona now. So for me, I feel like we signed Dembele. We need to change the system.
1: Um, overall, what's your thoughts on um, signing Dembele, Joe? To be honest, we sure did in January, but like we can't look at. We can't keep looking back in it. So it is what it is. But with him he's everything I love in a attacker like he's creative he's got pace he's got athleticism he's like he's just so smart like with his play and his passing and his combinations it's just like even the runs he makes like he just he's just too good at football and it's like that's the kind of player we need if we want to raise the level and I hear what you're saying about he might being better suited in maybe a less narrow formation but i just feel like the kind of player he is he can play anywhere from as a from being an eight to being a ten to being a um a wide forward a wide playmaker to being a um second striker to even being one of the split strikers to be honest he has the ability he has such good close control and dribbling and his vision is top tier and he's got the ability to make the pass. I don't think there's that many passes that are not in his locker. So I don't really think he will struggle too much. I do feel like, yeah, he will be more like a Callum who will like to be more wide on the wing, hugging the touchline. but depending on how Tuco decides to use him, I feel like him and Reese James would we'll link up very well on the right, interchanging positions. So you never know how it could end up in it. But I feel like if you really want to close the gap, he is like he should be the top three players on our like we must get list. Like he is just amazing.
0: I would agree. I feel like he's top quality. He's we signed them ballet, I am buzzing with the transfer window. Um, and just to finish, centre forwards, we've got Romelu Lukaku. We've seen what he's done this season. We've seen um, how he might not necessarily uh, suit the current style of play if the current style of play changes. Even if it does, he might revert to the kind of same issues that he had under um, at United, playing in a 4-3-3 or four-two-three-one, um, 2 and just not having the same joy um he had in Italy do we need to sign another attacker obviously that's with Kai in mind um personally I'm kind of not sure Kai I want to see Kai as a striker anymore um listeners uh I'll say that's largely because I think I think he might Kai might be someone who could help us with our create creativity issues in midfield so if we drop him back into a deeper role Um, but yeah what's your thoughts on uh, the potential for um, reinforcements and that obviously takes into account um, Armando Brugia coming back as well Um, what do you think do we need to bring someone else in
1: well in my opinion I think we may have to because from what we can see we're not getting enough goals and we can't rely on Kai to carry the burden yet because he's still developing. Like really and truly, he doesn't have a set position. We thought we found it with false nine, and Tuchel spent another season or just wasting our time moving him around. So I still think like I want to see him for the majority of the time as a false nine, or maybe on the right of a two in a strike partnership. So obviously, I would bring back Broja. If we're able to get rid of ZH Pulisic, Lukaku, and Werner, if we can get rid of all four of them, then I feel like we can bring in Broja as a option to play as like a left striker in a two, or just as a striker by himself, or even play him wide as a ten with maybe um Kai as a false nine and maybe um. Callum or mount as more of the grave guy. Like I feel like we have different options we can play around with with Brozia because I feel like the kind of player he is, he would link up very well with Kai Havertz. They're very fluid in their movements and positioning. I feel like they would bounce off each other very well. And when it comes to striking options, I'll be honest, I'm I have no idea who's out there on the market. But I do feel like if we can bring in someone else that can carry goals even if it's maybe like a winger like listen i'm feeling myself why not like we got the money like if salah decides he's not going to stay at liverpool like why not do a cheeky bit for him because like i still feel like he's got a couple more seasons in him and it's like he likes to play on the right and he will bring in goals and it's like i feel like he would actually link up Decently with a Havertz and obviously with a Reese James, obviously like he's had Trent behind him. So having Reese James behind you on the right won't really make that much of a difference. So like a player like that or even a Sterling who's decent with bringing in goals as well. So it's like, I feel like we need to bring in a creative player and two players who like carry goals as well. So hopefully, one of those players can be Broja, and then I don't know, maybe you have some ideas of players that we could bring in.
0: The Salah one is that's very, very cheeky. Um, but yeah, once again, I'll probably have the same um, thing. I'll be playing him to play in this current system with um, the two tens behind him as one of the two tens is that is that the best way to get the best out of him um that's something we would have to find out and if we're going to give him 400k a week or whatever he's asking for at liverpool um he needs to be giving us more than he's been giving us he's been given liverpool recently um because that's typically just our luck we'll sign this player we'll put him on big money whether it's a big transfer or just big money because he's um on the brink of being a free agent and they give us kind of this mid this mid output that um we're used to and people will look at us and go well he did it at liverpool maybe it's us um in regards to attackers um center forward specifically i'm not going to count the likes of um lewandowski because he's still got a year he's still got a year left essentially Um, Really and truly, with attackers in this market, you're looking at um, the next big thing. You're looking at low risk, um, high upside. Uh, Similar to what Arsenal have done, because obviously they've just signed a 19-year-old from Sao Paulo, I believe, uh, a wide man called Marquinhos. I don't think he's um, ready for this season, but they've signed him and he'll probably go on loan. But um, someone like uh, Carvalho at Fulham coming to Liverpool um he's definitely not the finished article but there's a they've got him for a a relatively um small amount um based on his potential so um let's see um in terms of wide players obviously i love dembele i think he's top tier but obviously i've mentioned the likes of um kubo um musa diaby someone that i like as he runs in behind really really well um yeah i think if we can I think getting rid of Ziyech, Werner, um, Pulisic and Lukaku would probably be a big ask in this um, in the same window, um, and then if we're not able to replace all of them, we're leaving ourselves somewhat exposed. So if we could get rid of at least one or two, um, whether it's loan or perms, then um, yeah, we can definitely look at seeing see who we can get. I wouldn't be opposed to looking at someone like a Noah Lang, um, or just someone who's um a willing runner in behind for sure. But I think um the attackers that we have who situate themselves on the left, whether that's Timo Werner, Christian Pulisic, they've um They've not kind of made us not think about Callum Hudson Odoi, so I think he's going to be there at the start of preseason since he's uh, Tuchel's pretty much ruled him out for the start of the season, and I think he will be someone that um, could definitely stake a claim. But at the same time, we've not had an attacker, whether it's on the right hand side or the left hand side, who has come in and said, you know what, I can, I'm going to put together so many performances that it's going to be my starting position on either either wing by default. Um, so if I'm any attacker in that Chelsea side, whether it's Pulisic, whether it's Siak or whoever else, um, I'm thinking it's up to me. If I produce the way I think I believe I can, then why should I leave? So even getting rid of any of them could be an issue, apart from Timo, who obviously misses his high lines in his high defensive lines in Germany. Um, so I think on that note, we'll wrap it up. Uh, Joe, it's genuinely been a pleasure talking Chelsea, especially off the back of a lackluster performance tonight. Um, Yeah, listener, we hope you've enjoyed. And um, yeah, we look forward to your interactions. Please let us know what you liked, disliked, your opinions that you agreed with or disagreed with. Um, Just let us know your thoughts. We're always keen to interact with you on socials, obviously on Twitter. um, And we look forward to um, you bringing you more content in the near future. Thank you very much, show.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it, man. And, yeah, you, man, have a good night, yeah? (sighs) Another day in the life of Chelsea fans, yeah? Yep. (laughs)
0: On twitter and ranting doing the most
1: truth say that money is power so when you get money get quiet and ghost ghost i remember when i shot my shot but i didn't have gop, so i hit the post but next time it's a golden goal and it
0: sports social podcast network